0: Hello, and welcome to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Tiffany Coker, and with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we're on a quest to learn what the Bible teaches about theological topics that many Christians find challenging, confusing, and out of their reach. And we're always aiming to do this in a way that applies to the lives we lead. We do this because we agree with what Herman Babbink says. The aim of theology, after all, can be no other than that the rational creature, no God, and in knowing Him, glorify God. We here at Kitchen Table Theology want to help you be strong in your faith doctrinally, knowledgeable in and of the Word theologically, and grow in your love for Jesus and others exponentially. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, we want to thank you, our listeners, for leaving us ratings and reviews. We are so grateful for each one because we know that's what helps us get the word out to more and more people about Kitchen Table Theology. We love reading your reviews, and we're so encouraged by your comments. In this episode, Pastor Jeff and Erin Pickering will finish answering questions regarding the end times. Erin has been on staff here at LCC for over eight years and is currently our Adult Ministries Director. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in Communications and Political Science from Georgetown College, as well as a Master of Arts in Worship and Master of Divinity from Liberty Theological Seminary. Thanks so much for joining us at the table. Let's get started. For those who
1: are already dead in Christ right now, this is a question about present day. Where do they dwell? Because we also people understand the first, second, or third heaven. So I think it's good for us to define it first, but then are they in heaven? Are they in Hades? Will their soul have ascended, not ascend till the rapture or the second coming? So it's people are asking this question. It's kind of. It's multifaceted, but it's like, where are they? And then when do they come? Which I think we've pointed to, but let's provide some clarity on that.
2: Most of us have been brought up and how we got to where we got, who knows, but to believe, okay, when you die, you either go to heaven or you go to hell. Right. Well, let's talk about that a second. What happens to you when you die? Which is, that's what this question is. Yeah. And they say, where do you dwell if you die in Christ, the first, second, or third heaven? And some of you are going, what? First, second, third heaven? What in the world? So I would point you to a resource, our Kitchen Table Theology podcast, episode 107. Mm-hmm. It's a Q&A bonus podcast. And I think the very first question we answer is basically this question. Yes. So you can go back on that. So let's try to be be clear to be queer on this where do Christians who die pre-rapture where do they go prior to the rapture prior to the second coming so when a believer in, it dies in Christ mm-hmm. Paul tells us in second Corinthians he tells us in Philippians and we also read in Luke 23
0: and that his or her body
2: goes to the grave and we quote unquote fall asleep So that's a softened term for death. We die. Right. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, I do not want you to be ignorant, brother, concerning those who have fallen asleep, who who have died. died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. He wasn't really talking about falling asleep like you and I will fall asleep tonight when we go to bed, right? Right. So in the Greek New Testament, the term fall asleep means to recline.
1: That's literally what it means, to recline. That's going to define a reclining chair for me now. Yeah. Death.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Death. So the same word in the Greek was also used to describe someone who slept in a, like a hotel or a motel when they were traveling for one night and the next day they would get up and continue on their journey, which is a beautiful image of what happens to believers bodies when they die. The body goes to sleep awaiting the final of the resurrection at the rapture when the body and soul are you reunited with the Lord in heaven, which may be understood also what Jesus termed as paradise. So what happens if you're in Christ and you die today, where do you go? You're absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You're with Jesus. You're with Jesus. But that's not good enough. Well, where exactly am I with Jesus? So there's two schools of thought on this. Mm Mm-hmm. We've already mentioned Hades. Hades is the realm of the dead. Right. Righteous and unrighteous. Jesus gives us a picture of it when he talks about when it's Lazarus, not Lazarus who he raised from the dead, but Lazarus who died. He was in a place of torment. Mm-hmm. He says to Jesus, please tell my brothers about this place. I don't want them coming here. Right. Right. Jesus is on the side of the righteous, paradise,
1: and he says to the he criminal, says they, on the cross, "They have
2: the law and prophets. If they're not going to believe them, they're not going to believe it now." If somebody else goes back to them,
1: and even when he was on the cross, he said to the criminal, "Remember me," and he goes, "And today you'll be with me in you'll paradise." You'll be with me in paradise,
2: paradise, which was you have the place of torment, you have the place for the righteous, which is called paradise, all under the umbrella of a place. It's another world, the place called Hades. Now. There's some Christians believe that's where we still go. We still go to a place called paradise, but it's not quite heaven yet, but you're with the Lord. Right. Others teach that when we die now pre-rapture, our souls go to be with Jesus in what's referred to as the third heaven. First heaven is our universe. Right. Second heaven is where Satan and his demons reside. Third heaven is where God- The throne room. The throne room, his angels, all that reside. My take on it is, it doesn't matter to me that much because wherever I am, if I die in Christ, I am with you Christ. You are with Jesus. You are with so Jesus. What you title it, fine, I don't care. Right. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord,
1: and whatever that looks like, and that's where. The and it Bible may be in not... a
2: place called the third heaven. It may be in a place called paradise. Either way, they're wonderful, beautiful, incredible places, and Jesus is there, and we will be reunited with Him there.
1: Okay, so that's I think a beautiful picture for, um, for us just to understand is. When we die, we're with Jesus as believers. And that's what we ultimately just need to understand. And sometimes these little nuances is like...
2: When you... I mean, it, it, it matters. But what ultimately matters, when you die in Christ, you, in that nanosecond, your soul leaves your body, you are in the presence of Jesus.
1: Whatever we understand that whatever, to
2: be. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah. And we don't have full, we certainly don't have full knowledge of that sitting here today. But, you know, that Greek word, don't forget that recline... And that overnight traveler who resides for one night, goes to sleep and gets up to resume the journey, that's a beautiful picture. It is. It really is. So we fall asleep and then one day at the resurrection, we'll get back up again. That body will become a glorified body and our souls and our body reunite and we'll be in the millennium in that glorified body, which is the same body Jesus had
1: I can't wait to have that glorified Post body. Is right. I think
2: we all, there'll be no need for dieting, nor right? pills, nor, sorry, doctors, or but personal no doctors. trainers. No, none of that.
1: Okay. So here is a fun question, but this also goes to an interesting part about, will our loved pets be raptured and go with us to heaven?
2: I think all animals are going to go to heaven except for cats. I could agree with that. I could endorse that. <laughs> That's not true. Sorry for all my That's friends who are true. cat people out there. <laughs> all we know is that believers in Jesus are going to be raptured. Right. So will our loved pets be raptured and go to heaven with us? All Everything here on earth is going to be left behind. Yep. And that causes many people to get very upset. And well, what will happen to my pet during that time? If I'm raptured, let's say my entire family is raptured we've got a couple of dogs or we've got, you know, animals.
1: Isn't there rapture insurance for people?
2: You can, you can't even believe this, but there is, there are a number of online places that you can sign up for. Now. I think they're scams, but once called something like after the rapture, pet care, Seriously, I, I went There's... on the website, it exists, and started by an atheist and said, <laughs> okay, well, I'll still be here. You'll be gone. I'll take care, we'll of, your take pets, care of your pets. We'll take care of your pets. And we have a network around the world where you can sign up and it's like 70 bucks. Oh my gosh. Please don't go on that. Please don't give them any money. Yeah. But I just think, well, what will happen? You know, and I don't want my pet to go through the tribulation and all the terror that that's going to be. I love that. Trust God to supernaturally take care of his created animals.
1: Yeah. I actually, I I actually love this question because I worked for 10 years in conservation and education. And the thing that I always go back to when somebody asks me about pets and zoo animals, about their souls, I think we have to be, we have to be very careful because in creation, it was. Very clear that there was a hierarchy in it. There still is, yeah. When cause God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And then God spoke the birds to the in the air and the birds appeared. And there was fish in the sea. And God, everything that God created, he spoke into existence. And then we get into Genesis one, like 27, 28, and 29, where he formed man. Mm-hmm. And it's the one part in creation where we see that God says, Let me, let us make Man in our image. And then we get into Genesis 2 7, it says, And then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And in creation, that is the only time where we see the big difference where God spoke it into existence and then God formed it into existence. And then it says that we were made actually to rule over the animals yep. and that we were to subdue it and that we were to be caretakers of it. And certainly people go, well, don't you think that when you go to the zoo, that if you look into the eyes of an elephant, like they, they have memory and emotion. Well, of course they do. They ha- there's a consciousness to them. They have feelings, but the thing is that they don't have free will, like their animal instincts. Redemption in the rapture is about redemption. And it Christ, is ab- yeah. Christ never died
2: for any thing other than human beings
1: in john three sixteen it says whosoever believes in me not whatsoever and so i think we we think about souls and spirits and sometimes what culture has taught us is the spirit and the soul is the same thing because they use it interchangeably and the soul the rapture is about our soul of redemption because we accepted the free gift of grace animals don't accept it they actually long to be reunited with their creator because that's what scripture teaches us And so I loved this question as much as we were like, oh, do pets go to heaven and you can get pet insurance for after the rapture. It's like, okay, let's just go back to, let's talk about the fact that God made man and he spoke animals into existence and there is a difference. Yeah, that's a
2: really good point. And I think we should trust God to take care of all the animals. We should. When the owners, the keepers, I mean, think of the farmers that are raptured and they have 800 head of cattle. And their well, horses
1: and all of that, all, yeah. All
2: of that. I mean, it, this has a lot of far-reaching side effects. But also remember, there will be animals during the millennium. Right. I mean, the tribulation is only seven years long. Right. So when we come it's not back... eternity. God may just reunite us with our pets. Who knows? We don't know.
1: And as we said, That'd the Bible is cool. silent. We don't even know what the new heaven and earth and all of yeah. that detail looks like, because it's so, supposed to be the perfected. So we Eden. should not
2: talk about this anymore yeah. because now we're just going to start making stuff. So up. <laughs> No,
1: but I love that question. Cause I thought it was just good for us to be able to talk to. Okay. Three more questions. Three more questions. We're almost done. Revelation 26, Revelation 26. 20
2: verse
1: six. Yes. Is this the raptured church?
2: Okay, Revelation 20 verse 6 says, "Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection over these the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years." Martyred saints who trusted in the Lamb of God and Jesus during the great tribulation will be given certain privileges as outlined in the in this verse. Mm-hmm. They are going to be raised incorruptible, having received everlasting life. They will serve in the temple of God, we're told, martyred saints. They will serve in the temple of God for a thousand years as priests of God and of Christ. Is it the raptured saints? No. Is it the tribulation saints? Yes. Okay.
1: Done. Simple. Done and dusted. Done and dusted. All right. Let's talk about Revelation 22. Verses 10 and 11, because we have some people that are like, not sure they understand the explanation of it. So they're asking about it.
2: And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book for the time is near. Now, here's where I think the question comes from. Yep. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong. And the one who is filthy still be filthy. And let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness. And the one who is holy still keep himself holy. So please explain this is the question.
1: So how can a just God encourage someone who is unjust to continue just to be unjust and do what they want to do? It
2: it does seem to point to that, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. The idea is that if people don't respond to the prophecy of the book of Revelation, then they are mired in negative anti-Christ desire. And they have no hope beyond that. They're making their choice. For those who have made the positive changes and turned to Christ, they look forward to the coming of Christ. God can say no more. We make a decision. Okay. There comes a point when God gives us up to ourselves. Romans 1 and 2 tell, Romans 1 tells us that. Right. So this isn't God consigning them to something. This is God affirming the decision they've already made. Like
1: you've made the choice just to be unjust. So you picked your team. Just be unjust.
2: Yeah. Okay. So here's the principle: as we are when we die, so shall we be forever. Right. Yeah. If there's, I die in Christ, I will be in Christ forever. If I die without Christ, I will be without Christ forever. Right.
1: Because there's no purgatory. There's no like place for people to be purged of sin. There's after There's no death. second chance yeah. in
2: the millennium. There's no second chance after the millennium. I mean, there's not a second chance. But you're still given an opportunity during the tribulation. If you're an unbeliever right now and the rapture occurs tonight. And you wake up tomorrow and go, oh, no. Uh-oh.
1: Oh. And you make a well, decision. You can call it
2: a second chance, but it really isn't. It's still, the door is still open right. for people to come to faith in Christ. But we're now at the very last chapter and the last verses of Revelation.
1: Where God's like, you've made your choice. Everybody's
2: made their choice.
1: Okay. And that's, and I think that's the. And the, when you reject the word, when you reject
2: God, at that point, at that point, in Revelation 22, God has no more to say to those people. Right, like you've made your choice. You've chosen. It's, think... a, it's a terrible truth on one hand, but it's a blessed truth on the other. Because for those who have chosen Christ, you've got him for all of eternity. Right.
1: Okay, final question. We've made it to the end. No pun intended. No way anybody's
2: still listening. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs>
1: but this is good. Okay, since hell in the current time is not opened or is not with Satan in the pit, uh-huh. Where the souls who are evil held now? And are they all waiting the final judgment? Which I think we can do this fairly quickly because we've kind of talked about yeah. this throughout this, there, this There's series. a couple of
2: layers here. Since hell is currently not open. Okay, let's restate that. It, it, it doesn't have a closed or a sign or an yeah, opening open, soon. Open vacancy. Yeah. <laughs> Coming soon. Hell, no, it's not like that. I think the question is, the souls who die without Christ, where are they now? Are they all waiting the final judgment after the second coming? Yes.
1: Yes, they are waiting the final judgment. Yeah.
2: So, but where we, are they right we, now? We use the word hell in our minds as a place of torment for unbelievers. The final place for unbelievers is the lake of fire, and that's talked about in Revelation 20. But they will not be consigned to the lake of hell by God until his final act of judgment known as the great white throne judgment of Revelation 20. And that is a place then, the lake of fire of bodily spiritual torment. So right now, where does the soul of an unbeliever go when they die? Well, the spirits of unbelievers go to Hades. We've talked about that. And that abode of the dead, that place, that waiting place of torment, and they're there waiting for the final great white throne judgment in Revelation 20. And Jesus, if you want to read about it, Jesus gives us a glimpse of that in Luke 16. We referred to that already. So unbelievers who die are not raised for judgment at the rapture. They're not raised for judgment at the second coming.
1: But they're at the very end Mm -hmm. when we finally, as we talked about earlier in this episode of saying, Satan has to be locked up, right? We asked that question, why does Satan have to be locked up? And then he's finally dealt with, and then there's that done, done, done moment. This is that done, done, done moment when they're finally cast into that lake of fire.
2: So right now, their bodies are in the grave. Their souls remain imprisoned in Hades, which is a euphemism for hell. Right. Until the conclusion of the millennial reign of Christ, that thousand year reign. Okay. Then comes the great white throne judgment. Will Christians be there? No. Right. That's only for unbelievers. And Jesus is the judge of that sitting upon the throne. So the bodies of all unbelievers will be at that point will be resurrected from their graves to stand at this judgment. Simultaneously, their souls, long entrapped, as it were, in Hades, they will be reunited. They will come forth for judgment. But again, only those who die, only those without Christ are going Mm -hmm. to be at that judgment. So many will claim, hey, I did way more good things than bad things, but this is when the books open and Jesus shows them, their that name's not in the Lamb's life. Their name's not in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then they are consigned along with Satan to the lake of fire forever and ever and
1: ever. And that is the end. That is the end. Pun and so intended. that's the end for
2: us as well. And I would just want to let everybody know for further questions. You can always ask. Aaron or myself, of course. And but we find Dr. David Jeremiah out at Shadow Mountain Community Church in California has written a lot on this, a lot on this is online from him. Yep. So you can pretty much just Google a question and write David Jeremiah in there and it'll come up. Also a great website for all kinds of relating to the Bible is a website called gotquestions.org, all one word, gotquestions.org. It has a search engine there and you can ask it questions about anything, not just the end times really helpful. And there's resource.
1: church answers. It's just always good for people to have those digital resources because we did this study and we did this bonus Q&A. And thank you, Jeff, for being able to sit down with us and go through yeah. these questions because we wanted to be, have people something to give them as a resource that they find, whether you're in your small group, whether you're just studying it on your own of saying, well, how do I study this more? And I love that you gave those different resources because that's what we ultimately want to yeah. do is just help people grow in their faith. And we did
2: like 10, you mentioned it at the top of this when we began this, the Kitchen Table Theology podcast. We did 10 or 12 podcasts. You did. On a lot of this and some other things. And yes. So you can always go back there and uh, just go to open up the episode, look at the show notes because- Starts at the 89. Notes, yeah, starts podcast number 89, episode 89. Mm-hmm. And the show notes tell you exactly what we talk about in that episode and what time we talk about. So you can fast forward and just go to one particular part if you want to.
1: Hey, listen, thanks so much for joining us. And we hope that this has been beneficial for you. And we're praying for you as you continue your walk with Christ. Thanks again.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Pastor Jeff Cranston. If you are enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Don't forget to check out today's episode notes and more at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us anytime at pastorjeff@lowcountrycc.org. at lowcountrycc.org. If you would like to watch Jeff and Aaron's full conversation answering all of the questions regarding the end times, there is a link in the show notes today. If you still have questions regarding the end times, we encourage you to go back and check out the Eschatology series, which was episodes 87 through 99. As always, thanks are due to our friends at Lowcountry Community Church here in Bluffton, South Carolina, for making this podcast possible. We're also very grateful for our partnership with Columbia International University. For 100 years, CIU has educated people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. They offer undergraduate, graduate, and seminary programs on campus and via convenient online programs designed for working adults. You can check it all out at CIU.edu. We invite you to join us next week on Kitchen Table Theology as Pastor Jeff resumes the Bible Overview series with the book of Mark. So until next time, always remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. Thanks for joining us at the table.